Attention students, the Jabroni University Network is now in session. Please make your way to class. This week, uh, when we were when we were planning, when I reached out to him to come on the show, he said, "I'm the drummer. No one wants to talk to me. I call bullshit <laughs> because his name has come up on multiple occasions on the show. He is the he is the backbone and the backbeat of Game Face Air Type Eleven. He played with Instruction. He played with Godfire's Man and so many other bands." Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Sanderson, welcome to Why Did We Ever Meet? What's up? What's, ha- what's happening? Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. So so we're going to start off on that because you said when I asked you to come on, you said, <laughs> I'm the drummer. Nobody wants to talk to the drummer. And- yeah, nobody. I'm, I, uh, after the shows are over, you know, I'm, you know, knee deep and loading out. Like, yeah. no one, you know, everyone's talking to Jeff, but, or, you know, Artie or. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. The funny thing is, though. Like your name has come up on multiple occasions on this show. <laughs> like, obviously, like if we're not talking to you, we're talking about you. <laughs> um, so we, like you live in Texas, right? Yeah, I live in Dallas, outside of Dallas. Yeah. Okay. So how how did that how did that happen? I mean, we think um, game faces well, that's the fucked up thing, I think, too, is I think a game face is California, I think air type is East Coast, and then right. you are in Texas. Yeah. Well, Aerotype is all over the place. Like, Phil lives in Maine. Artie's the only one that still lives in New York. Yeah. Um, I live in Texas. Adam lives in, in San Diego. Um, yeah. I My job basically brought me here. And um, my wife's sister lives here, and we would come visit and stuff. And I always liked it. Um, it is too hot for me, but uh, whatever. I'll deal with it. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a move for work. But it's, I mean, I'm from Southern California. So, you know, that's, you know, where Game Face is from, obviously. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's why I'm here. But okay, all right. So yeah, life, yeah. life took you to life. Yeah, life brought me here. It wasn't yeah. any. Yeah, I didn't like have to get out of California to move to Texas or whatever. But it just sure. it was a uh, a nice step up to move to Texas. So I was like, eh, why not? Nice. Um, so, so like I said, you you've come up on the show several on several occasions because like you're I, several of the guests. You're a foundational member of of the bands. <laughs> So it was an inevitability that I was going to get your ass on the show. <laughs> uh, I I I want to know like how, like drums is a. I it, it's funny because drums I like I think drummers feel like we're a thankless job in rock and roll, but like because like you said you were saying like you're loading out. And everybody right, like, right. but in all reality, like, I mean, Keith Moon, John Bonham, yeah. you know, Bill Ward, like those are, and I think of you, you're, you're, uh, for, for this world of music, for me, you're one of those guys. Like that's, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Solid ass rock and roll. <laughs> so how, how did that, uh, how does music start for you? Where does that tip off? Um, there was always music, uh, 
in the house. And we didn't have a big record collection, but the radio was always on. And, you know, rock radio, I guess we'd call it classic rock now. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, like you said, Led Zeppelin was a huge one for me. Um, David Bowie, my mom loves Queen. So Queen was always on. And it was just kind of whatever rock radio station. We moved around a little bit when I was a kid. I'm, you know, I'm from California, like I said, but my dad uh, worked for the railroad. So he got transferred around a little bit. So we, okay. I grew up kind of my formative years just outside of Denver, Colorado. Okay. Uh, until I was about 14. So yeah, just listening to the rock radio station there. And then we got transferred to Salt Lake city and listening to the rock radio station there in, in, in high school. And I, you know, I, I was a rock kid. I didn't really yeah. get into the uh, punk rock or indie world until I was probably about 20. And so okay. I, I think at 17, I, we moved back to California and around 20, I met Ken Conti from um, Brown Lobster Tank um, sure. and the tank and implants. Um, and he was listening to, you know, the descendants and he was listening to X and he was listening to that stuff, bad religion. Um, and so, and I didn't, I didn't, I loved it. I didn't know about it before then. Like I'd seen right. it around on shirts and stuff, but I just didn't know, you know, I was listening to fucking Metallica and Motley Crue and stuff. And right. Which is, you know, for drummers, I guess is not, I mean, maybe not Metallica, um, but Motley Crue, I'm a huge Tommy Lee fan. Sure. And, uh, even my friend Johnny Doyle listened to a lot of indie music and he was somebody that listened to everything. So, and he was like, really like kind of introduced me to Pixies and stuff like that, like more of the indie world. And so those guys kind of, I think around between 20 to probably 23, like my music world completely opened up to another thing that I never was really listening to. So it was cool. And so I kind of took, I guess, rock drumming and kind of moved it into the more of the, you know, punk rock world or whatever. And, and that's kind of where I got started and where, you know, music came, came from, for me. Yeah. And it does, it, I mean, it comes through too, like with how you play, like there's there, like there are definitely like, I think of when I think of drummer, like when I think of these bands, like from the punk rock world, the hardcore world, post punk, post hardcore, the drummer is not the first guy you think of um, yeah. because like yeah. the songwriting is based around the, usually around the l- lyrical content, uh, you know, the riffs, that sort of stuff. You're bringing that rock drumming in sets a different tone for how this music is going to sound because it's yeah. not the typical, like the galloping. Yeah. Yeah. Miles an hour, which you did. I mean, you've done that stuff, but like it wasn't the go-to and I think. Right. That, right. And that, and it's not natural for me to do that. I want to yeah. do, I want to do something different than that. I mean, I, we, you know, in bands I've done it on a couple songs here or there, but you know, mo- mostly I would, yeah, not necessarily straighten it out, but try to just come up with something creative and like kind of maybe accent, you know, an off time accent off of, you know, a guitar riff that Jeff is playing or, or what have you. And, and, you know, make something out of, out of that, but yeah, it's. Yeah. So, so with that, with that stuff, you're being introduced to bad religion descendants, uh, th- those, those early, uh, those early American bands, who were, what were those bands that really like, who did catch you? Like, who were the bands that you went, Oh fuck, that's really good. Yeah. It was definitely descendants. Um, for sure. sure. Um, yeah. Bill Stevenson's a friggin' creative monster. And, and, um, I think Bill, yeah, Bill, I'm trying to think who else I, I, I love bad religion, but I, it's one of those, I didn't love bad religion for drumming. So kind of like what you're talking about. I love bad religion for the guitar riffs and, you know, for Greg singing and stuff. Yeah. Um, I loved uh, descendants for all of that, for everything, yeah. whether it was just bass lines and guitar parts and vocals and, you know, and obviously drumming, but um, big drill car was a big one for me because they were more rock. 
They were yes. more, I mean, they had, they had punk rock, like, you know, ties and roots and whatever, but they were more like a rock band, just like an, an indie rock band kind of. And that one, that one was, a, I think a huge one, even just for me and Ken, cause that's kind of how Brown Lobster Tank got started, you know, going to see them and, and, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, tipping it off from there and, and sure. you know, creating what we could create from, yeah. you know, listening to that. But. And Jeff had mentioned too, when he was on that big drill car had a pretty profound effect on how he would approach ultimately in approaching game face. And right. I, that, I, say, I think those guys, that's how they met yeah. at, a, at a big drill car show. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I, I, I like, I like that they they've come up on more than one occasion on the show because I feel like it, it like we think of at, and I, you'll get this. I don't know that everybody will. When I think of Big Drill Car, there's the correlation to the Descendants, for right. Me. right? And um, what's interesting is when you have that umbrella of like the Descendants, all Big Drill Car, this bubble is like this is there is some incredible pop songwriting happening. Yeah, absolutely. In there that goes overlooked by people that don't know. Maybe you know the Descendants are a much more of a household name than All and Big Drill Car. Holy shit, big drill car. Some of the hooks and choruses and those are songs. Incredible. Yeah. I there there's some of the there are big drill car songs that like were on every mixtape I would make. Yeah. <laughs> in high yeah. school, you know? Like they just were one of those bands and it like I don't think any I don't think people realize the effect a band like Big Drill Car or the Doughboys. Like oh, that, the Doughboys were fantastic. Yeah. 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 That that sort of influence, like it because it's not the outright, that's not the first band you, you go to reference. You go to the descendants or or Husker Du before you'd go to these bands. But absolutely, yeah. That like that rock connection. And you said that kind of that's where Brown Lobster Tank. Uh, that that sort of sparked think, that to start. Yeah, Ken and I, you know, we had a, a, another band that didn't, you know, wasn't nothing. It was, you know, didn't do anything. Um, yeah. And then we, you know, we started going to shows and stuff. And then we saw a Big Drill Car, and I think we were like, "Oh, this is this is awesome. We can do yeah. something like this." And and from there, then we ended up meeting the guitar player. And then long, not long after that, we met Guy, and he joined. And then it was the four of us. And you know, we did a little bit uh, ninety five to ninety six, and then that kind of disbanded. But um, but that's, yeah, that was, you know, going to see big drill car, but also like, and you know, you discover a band, you discover big drill car and you look mm-hmm. at, you know, they're on cruise records and now you just dive into cruise records or yes. you discover, um, you know, anybody like I, I, one of the other bands that Ken and I discovered as kind of the, the Seattle thing was happening was mud honey. And yeah. I fucking love mud honey. That's yes. one of my that's one of my favorites and Ken too. And we would go see them. And I think we dived into sub pop or dove into sub pop, excuse me. And then, you know, I found the super suckers and I love the super suckers, yeah. but not for drumming, for guitar playing, for rock and roll. Well, yes. Amazing guitar players. So <laughs> not that, not that their drummer's bad. It's no. just, that's not what I listen to them for, but yeah, it's, I, so yeah. I love that you reference those two bands specifically because I am like, I'm from Ohio. So like our, you know, as far as like, I, I love big hook power pop, like that sort of stuff, but I'm right here. Like I'm just South of Detroit. I'm in the Toledo area. So like we get a lot like that Detroit sound has permeated this part of the state and how music was played. So like the Stooges and the MC five, like that's like that permeated this area. So that grimy 
dirty like that is like to me for ohio for example like the new bomb turks are my favorite band of all time that like i'm not like a loyalist to my state but i'm just like we got the turks man (laughs) (laughs) but that sort of influence that that griminess that's what drew me to mud honey and the super suckers was the exact same thing of like yeah there's mud honey didn't sound like anyone else in that Uh -uh. city no i love uh, i yeah i go on mud honey you know just YouTube journeys all the time. Yeah. Like I get home late from work and just pop a beer and what's mud honey doing? And you know, yeah, whatever, look, yeah. look it up. And um, so Brown lobster tank, I have to tell you, I remember you guys on, I picking up compilations or getting a compilation with a zine. <laughs> and I feel like you guys were on all of them. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Strange did a good job with that. Yeah, he he really like great distribution. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did. We were on a bunch of compilations, whether it was, you know, zine compilations yep. or, I think we, I can't remember the name of it. We had a Pogo strut bounce pop. I don't know what the hell the compilation was called. We had a song on that and that one did pretty well. Yeah. Dr. Strange did a good job in terms of like their own comps too. Like, I I feel like that was always a, a strong, a strong suit of them because that's where those sort of comps are where I hear you got, where I heard Brown Lobster. Hell where I heard game face technically for the first time was through that. So, yeah. Um, so where do you, where, where do you transition from Brown Lobster Tank to start moving into these other realms of these other bands? Um, Brown Lobster Tank ended ninety six ish. The record came out. We toured the states, and it yeah. just the three of us, um, me and Guy and and Ken, were a good solid unit and friends, like just friends in and outside of the band. And yeah. the other member was you know. There's no, we don't, we have no idea where he is gone now, but, yeah. um, and so right as that was kind of happening, Todd calls me one day and I mean, we were friends with him just from playing, you know, we're on, we're both on Dr. Strange records yep. at that point, yeah. tons of shows and stuff. And just gives me the, you know, dude, you want to come down? Have you ever talked to Todd? He go really low. I've not, but <laughs> dude, I like that. <laughs> dude, you gotta, you should come down and play with me or play with game face. And, uh, and so I was like, yeah, cool. I'll come down. And so I, I went down, it was right. It was a couple months before cupcakes i guess um okay. and so yep. those songs were kind of you know in their infancy i think cupcakes was done but um you know there were some tensions with the other drummer that was on three to get ready and so yeah. you know he'd left the band um and then i joined and we recorded cupcakes within like two months of me joining and then we were just kind of off and running so it was yeah it was great so on that that the to go back to brown lobster tank you guys went on that tour who were who were you playing with like what was um we played with schlep rock we okay with god who else i'm trying to time tour? capsule that time when you guys were touring like i specifically remember that time and that that era of punk rock that, yeah 96 I, that most of that tour a big part of that tour was with schlep rock we didn't make okay. it i don't know even know if we went to ohio i know we played chicago we played fireside bowl yeah um God, I can't remember. I know our van broke down, <laughs> so we missed. The, did. Yeah, yeah we, we missed. We missed a couple of shows. Um, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. I know we went down into Texas and yeah, and just yeah. kind of made our way back home. Um, I, yeah, I don't believe we. I could look. I have those itineraries somewhere, but I don't. Was, I don't think we. Was it a tour like that? Like when you look back now, there's probably there's probably some wistfulness of like you know it's the first verse first go around on a tour, right. but like. That has to be, I mean, it's also super defeating when like, you're like, we're oh, going to go yeah, tour and then everything just. 
Oh yeah, we. <laughs> I think I remember we played. I think it was. I think it was Kansas City. We played. Yeah, and there wasn't you know, eighteen people maybe. Right, and and that's you know probably the three people that were working there too. You know, so fifteen people in the and the people right. that were working. You know, and I just remember the the. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the promoter didn't want to pay us, but Ken Ken was like a bulldog, man. He'd come after you, and you'd be in trouble. He he went he went after, and the guy was like, "Well, I don't have the money." It's like, "Dude, you guaranteed us two hundred bucks like to, to play," and so the, he he yelled at the guy long enough that the guy went to the ATM and pulled out two hundred bucks and paid us. So shook him down. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, you, it, you're right. It was it's just, but at the same time, you're young and you don't know. You know, we're twenty we're twenty five, twenty four, right. twenty five, right. um, and so. To us, you know, having, you know, kind of setting aside a 10 or $15 a day per diem and you're getting Waffle House in the morning for four bucks and you're getting Taco right. Bell for lunch for two bucks or three bucks. And then you're getting, you know, a de- some kind of a decent, you know, maybe a Chili's for dinner or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you spend, you'll spend the $10 on that or whatever. But, um, and then you, if, you know, as long as we had enough gas to get to, you know, the Motel 6 for all five or six of us, one, one person, one room and everybody else. Yeah. One room, you know, everybody side by side in the bed. And then, you know, you're off to the next city. So you had gas, uh, a little bit of money for food and a little bit of money for a hotel. And uh, you kind of didn't, we kind of didn't care. It was just fun. Yeah. Like yeah. You just wanted to play. Yeah. It is definitely like as corny as it sounds, there is a definite summer camp vibe to that sort of shit. Yeah. You know, and you, it, you know, you're, I'm, we're getting to see places that we've never seen before and just, as friends and are getting to play and some shows were good. Like I remember we played in, I think it was Houston, Texas. And for some reason there were a hundred kids there and yeah. we're like, Whoa, okay. Yeah. And I mean, you know, for we don't, nobody here knows anybody. And, and it's different than, you know, kind of playing a local show where you get a lot of people there or whatever, but now right. we're like, wow, we're in Houston. I don't know one person in this room, but there's yeah. a lot of people here. Awesome. <laughs> there's, there's also like, cause that time, that, that time, like green days already happened. Like yeah. green days already occurred, which kind of opened like, You've come out, we've already come out of Nirvana, the Seattle thing, as far as like that awakening of punk rock. Green right. Day happens. Start, we start to see like that side of it. So the East Bay is getting, right. you know, is starting to infiltrate uh, the, the population in, in terms of like people having an awareness of it. So at that time, and I'm just trying to do this for people listening, like I think of, because this is about my entry point as a teenager. Okay. I'm getting okay. in at this point like really steeped in. And I remember like these compilations and there are names to me that stick out like Brown Lobster Tank stick sticks out as like, that's a compilation <laughs> band. Uh, John Cougar concentration camp. That was a band <laughs> who kept popping up on comps. Um, and then I think of like how, how different the set, like the, the landscape was because it doesn't just zero in on fat records, epitaph records, that sound you had, what you guys are doing game face is a great example. Far side is a good example of like yeah. sound. We mentioned the Doughboys, uh, bands like, I don't like China <clears throat> drum who weren't from here. There was something unique happening and it all sort of predates what would be this emo post hardcore sound. I feel like, like, I feel like you're, you guys are all in this wave that are like, you're right before all of that stuff. starts. yeah, a little bit in front of everything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so you, you jump in with game face and it sounds like you right away. You're, Oh yeah. It was, it was, yeah. Let's go. Boom. What's the, what is the connection? I mean, it's because it's been a long time in that band. So what, like, yeah. So I joined in, in 96. Um, and yeah, we, we did cupcakes. Um, we toured a lot. I, I, I mean, 
I think for game face, I think I've said this before. And in, in, in the one other time I was interviewed, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, game face is like home for me. That's my, I mean, I know we, you know, we've had our ins and outs. We're like brothers. It's, you know, it's a sibling rivalry and, yep. um, but that, that one is all, you know, that's the band that is, you know, that's my love. I love, yes. I also love being an air type 11 and stuff, but that, I think that's where I've been the most creative and that's where I, I think, you know, I really cut my chops and, and, you know, kind of helped build that. It was already built, but like once I got in it, we really built the, from the ground up kind of, and kind of changed the band a little bit and, you know, obviously got more popular and had, you know, more success and got to do more and stuff. So I, I also uh, think from a fan perspective, game face has, one of the most natural organic evolutions of yeah i, I agree era. with that yeah in terms of sound like the maturity didn't feel it didn't feel like we're gonna go <laughs> it's not the wilco thing of like hey everybody likes this record we're gonna make some bonkers ass record that everyone's <laughs> like what are you doing like, what is this right like <laughs> game face feels very organic in terms of like watching the progression from record to record and like it's it sounds like maybe because of how you guys are all con- how you all connect with each other it it just it, you were growing together more than anything yeah really. for sure i mean when so after we get you know we do the cupcakes tour um we did a tour uh we when reminder came out like the b-sides and yeah, stuff yeah. demos when that came out we toured for that as well but at the same time like we were writing every last time while that was you know, where we were touring okay. so yeah um you know, we were working on all those songs. And at the same time, I think there was a little bit of a gap where we didn't do anything besides that tour. And that was because we were done with Dr. Strange records. Our contract was over. Yep. Um, and when we, we got on revelation records and from there, you know, every last time came out, but during every last time coming out, like Jeff started playing guitar. I mean, he always played guitar, but he started playing guitar live. Yes. Um, yeah. and that was a different thing. So we took our time to kind of get him up to speed. Not that he needed really to get up to speed, but, um, you know, that we, we took our time with that. And then yeah. once that record came out, yeah, we, same thing. We, we went to, I think we went to England for a week or two and then we did probably, I think it was eight or nine weeks in the States after that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a, th- that record is a, like that is to me, like that is one of those like crowning achievements in you guys' catalog of that took like my, for guys, my age, I'm 41. So my generation of guys, that is a, a big pinnacle record in terms That's, of like, I, I loved out. make, I love everything about, I love making that record. I love, yeah. yeah, it was, I think I told Jeff after that record came out. Cause I, so when we rehearse and write and, you know, just in the practice room, I don't really hear what he sings. Like the PA yeah. speakers are kind of past me or in front of me or whatever. Yep. So I can get a little bit of the melody and stuff, but I don't really know what lyrics he's singing and stuff. Right. And I remember writing like, pirate song and it was one of the songs that was towards the end of that and i remember you know we kind of demoed it in the, in the practice studio and stuff and i remember we were getting ready to record it and i never said anything to anybody because you know i don't know i didn't really like that song i it was one of those like ah, really uh we'll record it and you know we'll, well whatever we've got 14 15 songs we'll record all these songs and if you know maybe if that one doesn't and then once i heard him singing it and what the lyrics were and stuff i was like what the fuck is wrong with me song's amazing so <laughs> It's funny that you mentioned that one specifically because that and my star are huge fucking standouts. And two of the last songs written for that time. Like I think those might have been the last two songs. I think my star was either second to last or the last song. Because I remember Jeff came into the 
practice spot one day and I was already there and you had that dun, 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 like the riff from, you know, yeah. I, mean, I, sh- I shouldn't sing it, but he had the riff from my star and we just started messing with it before um, Paul and Todd got there and we kind of had it down. Sorry. Hound dogs probably going crazy. My dog that. will okay. act like an idiot eventually at some point. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. And I remember like whatever practicing that and, and playing it. And I remember I was trying to do something like trying to come up with something badass for the, for the chorus. Sure. And he, Jeff was like, dude, just play it straight. Just play it straight. And like, I played it straight once. I'm like, Oh, that fucking makes it completely different. <laughs> and it makes everybody bounce. So yeah. I'm like, yep. I'm playing yep. it straight. Yeah. It, that uh, I told Jeff this, um, my star has a special place in my life because it's something that is like, that is like when I, you know, I first started dating my, you know, my then girlfriend, now wife, that was a song like I could show her Yeah, where it was like, you know, that, that meant something was correlation and it still holds up now as the father of a daughter Yeah, where it's yeah. like, ah, oh, it still has a place in my life. So like, talk about it. Like, I mean, you don't know at the time you're writing something that could be a timeless piece in your catalog, but right. Right. That's kind of what happened. <laughs> and that, that one I knew right away. I'm like, all right, this song, this song's fun to play. It's, yeah. you know, this one's, this one's going to do pretty well. So I, I felt good about that one right away, but yeah. It's, so that time, like in that period of time, you have like revelation is like the home of a, a lot of important music, but you know, I mean, when I think in terms of myself and my generation, there was like there's a couple years there in Rev with with Texas is the reason, Game Face, Far Side, Sensefield, yeah. just like Garrison. Sh- Shades Apart. Shades Apart, Kill yeah. Holiday, Engine yeah. Kill. Kid, yeah. Yeah. All these records coming out that were just fucking and I didn't mention into another who I did oh, yeah, yeah. part of that. Like that is like foundational shit that would affect the rest of my life and the music <laughs> I like. Uh but this is where, so this is where I think it's, I don't, I've never considered Game Face an emo band. I know like your name, Game Face, the name comes up amidst when people are talking about emo or, you know, power pop or post hardcore Game Face right. comes up and I've always thought of you guys as a rock band first. I, I feel like there's definitely the punk rock and power pop influence, but Game Face and Farside were rock bands to me. I, I agree with that. And I, I think I think especially when Every Last Time came out, I think that kind of solidified that a little bit. Yeah. For for me anyway, because it was, yeah, I mean, I know we're on Revelation Records, but it's a rock record. It's I mean, does it have some, you know, some you know post-hardcore moments? Yeah. Sure. But it's for most most of all, it's it's a rock record. So yeah. Um, I think the same thing with with Always On. I think they're just, yes. you know, it was another rock Absolutely. record. And and, we, and you know, we weren't you know, Jeff writes how he writes and he doesn't set out to write, you know, punk songs or no. rock songs or whatever. They just hear, I have these rips. Let's, let's try to work this out. And if they work out, then they become songs. And it's, that's kind of just what we did. Yeah. I, you, you know, you, you used a great example and the same thing can be said for, for Sensefield or Farside. Like if you want to call, I've heard people call Farside punk rock or a heart, even referred to as a hardcore band. If you listen to audience, just yeah. <laughs> And you can't like that's a rock and roll band like that's yeah, total rock song yeah absolutely it is yeah so so game face continues on but where do you uh, like how do you fall in then with with air type and with art like <laughs> you're literally on like every like all of Artie's everything Artie comes up with <laughs> <laughs> you're playing um, drums on 
Um, I love Artie. Um, yeah. So on the Every Last Time tour, uh, towards the end of the tour, I think the last leg of the tour, we were in Florida. Yeah. They were in Florida as well. And we met them at, I don't remember the name of the club. It was in Orlando. We played yeah. somewhere in Orlando um, together. That was the first show together. And then we were playing every show on the way back to California. So probably about 10 days, maybe 15 days, whatever it was. Um, and it was, we just clicked is, you know, you've, you've met bands before and it's like, yep. you know, these guys are fun. Yep. They're smart asses. You know, we have great same sense of, you know, stupid humor. Um, and I, I remember that show for some reason, like the, the venue wasn't very nice to either of us. And I don't remember why I don't, it, you know, you've been and like, they were just dicks and I don't remember why, but I remember when we were playing, even during soundcheck, the, the stage moved, like the floor of the stage would bounce a little bit. And I remember when we started playing, Todd looks back at me and goes, I'm going to fucking try to break through the stage. Like, and he was just jumping up and down as hard as he could, which was fucking horrible for me. Yeah. Cause my, my symbol stands are moving fall all in. over the place. Well, and he, and he was like, and I remember at one point, Jeff and Todd and Paul were like bouncing up and down all at the same time. Oh. And the, my drums were moving everywhere. Already jumped up and grabbed Paul's cabinet and Todd's cabinets because they were going to fall over. And I don't remember who grabbed Jeff's cabinet on the other side, but they were bouncing back and forth. And it was just, and needless to say, we didn't break the stage, but it would have been a cool story to fucking say. It was that a valiant stage, effort. But, yeah. <laughs> anyway, after that show, um, we were loading out. We were just kind of hanging out, you know, in the, in the back of the venue. And I always, well, I think that was the first time I brought it, but from then on, I brought, I always bring a football with me because it stretches out the muscle between my index finger and my thumb. So if I oh. just squeeze the football for a while and then obviously I warm up, but that yeah. helps get my hands like in shape. And even after the shows when my hands are cramped, sometimes I'll just sit and just squeeze the football and just kind of mess around with it. And so I was just in the back and Artie and I, you know, had a catch and started bullshitting under the, you know, the lights of the, the, you know, behind the venue or whatever. And yeah. And from then on, I think that night we went our, our, our different hotels or whatever. But after that, I think we pretty much caravan all the way back to, um, you know, California. And we just became really good friends throughout that next, you know, two weeks. I think one thing that also really bonded us is I had a couple of copies of the drunk Tony CD with me. And so it's just okay. without music or whatever. So yeah. I, we would always, if, if we would always kind of figure out if people, we would be friends with them, but we don't hear, here's, here's this, listen to it while you're driving to the next city. And, I think while sound check during whatever show after that, I just remember Phil standing in the back of the venue going, what's up, bro. <laughs> and at that instantly we would all just became friends. And so that's how we met her type. Um, and from there, you know, if they came out to the West coast, we would either play with them or go see them. And same thing. If we yeah. went out to the East coast, we would either play with them or go see them. And from there, yeah, we just became friends. And then, um, then what we did all, you know, game face did always on. And then we did yeah. four to go. Yep. Um, and then we, we, we broke up and, you know, not long after that, um, I think it was instruction came to town. And yeah. so I went to go see them and, um, I, uh, sorry, I kind of took over too. If you no, you're good. Questions. I want so, you okay. to, this, they, they hear um, my bullshit all the time. Dude. Okay. <laughs> um, I, so yeah, instruction came to town. Um, and I went to go see them and afterwards I remember Adam asking me if I had my car there and I'm like, yeah. And he goes, dude, get me out of here. Let's just go back to the hotel. Let's go get, you know, have a drink or whatever. So I drove him. They were, they were staying in LA. We were, they, they played in orange County. So I drove him up to LA and we hung out. And I remember Artie came later and Joe came later and we, mm -hmm. they kind of just like, Hey man, dude, it'd be cool if you were the drummer of instruction. Cause they, they were kind of having some struggles right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
And I was like, dude, I'd fucking love to, but I, you know, that was just kind of where it, where it was yeah. left. Um, and then I think not long after that Ty had quit instruction. Um, so they got a, a substitute drummer to finish the tour and go home. And I, I don't know, it was a couple months later, um, mm-hmm. that Artie and Adam both kind of called and said, Hey, uh, you know, what do you think? Would you, are you, were you serious? Would you do it? Right. Right. And I said, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's funny so, too, because you go from, you go instruction to fires and then circle mm-hmm. back as air type circles back into being a band, like, and just sort of followed the whole loop around. And yeah, we, I get out there and we rehearse for a few weeks and then we go to England for, I think it was like four or five weeks. Yeah. It was eh, maybe not quite a month, whatever. Um, and towards the end of the tour already comes into uh, sound check and just says, Hey, you know, Geffen is, is going to drop us. They're going to pay for the rest of the tour, but they're going to drop us. Okay. And so I was bummed. I'm like, well, fuck, what am I going to, you know, what are we going to do? So anyway, I, we didn't know, we didn't really talk about it. We get back home, back to New York. Um, Artie says, Hey, let's all meet up. Um, and I, I've got an idea. So he said, Hey, let's, you know, we, we started working on uh, a couple songs during sound check of instruction. Yeah. And so he's like, we have these songs. What about, you know, me and uh, Artie and Adam and Joe, he's like, let's start a band. I want to call it fires and we'll just move forward from there. And so we started fires and it was, I think Adam mentioned it, it was, I'm super, super proud of that time. And I don't know what, it, if it was the songs or the time yeah. or just the company of those four guys or three guys and the four of us. Um, and just, it was, it went back to just basics, like four guys in a room, just writing the songs. And it was awesome. It, it, yeah. it was such a blast. And that was, I know those songs came out as Godfire's man. I think already put them out. This is a, a collective, yeah. um, but I, it never really had a proper release, but those 12 songs that we did are, are some of the, my favorite 12 songs I've ever been a part of. There, there are some songs in those, the instruction releases and the Godfire's man stuff. There are, there are gems amongst that collection of, of yeah. songs that, I, and if you ever want to know how fucked up the American mentality is towards music, that's a prime example of like, there's, there's, it's criminal that these records did not do the sort of numbers that they were doing overseas. Like they were getting, right, right for sure. Yeah. And like, I, I see bands like that. Like I see a, a, like, I feel like there's, there is a running theme with a lot of you guys that I've had on the show where part of it is like, a grudge I hold towards shitty, the shitty American mentality towards music of like, fuck you people for not realizing how good these bands were. Yeah. Uh, but how was that? Like in talking to Adam and Joe, like, I'm curious, what was your experience coming in to that band? That Like, because they were like, Adam was there at least from the, the jump. Yeah. So, from the get go. What was it like to jump into that and go overseas? I mean, those tours were fucking huge. Yeah. We, we played with a band called a and who was really big and we were playing, yeah. I guess this depends on, I guess where we were. And we were in England only, but we were there we played, you know, we played everywhere. We played all yeah. up and down that friggin' Island. Um, it was crazy. Cause the shows were, yeah, definitely bigger. I mean, we were playing, you know, anywhere from, I guess it could be a thousand persons venues to you know, even like 300, but they were all packed. Yeah. They were packed. And it was, you know, and game face had done well. And we had a spot where, you know, when every last time came out, we went to England, we were playing two and 300 person venues and they were, they were sold out. If not, they, they were really, they were close to it, but jumping into that. And it was a different role for me too. Cause I do a lot of the logistics stuff for game face, like, uh, you know, with plane tickets and, and van rental. And I do, I kind of do all yep. that kind of stuff. Yep. Getting an instruction. I was just, just play drums. 
just be set up, get ready to play drums and just play drums. And that was it. I didn't have to do anything. So it was kind of a fresh start. I didn't have fresh start, but it was, it was different. I, my role was completely different and yeah. I was just a drummer. I, I like Joe, I was a hired gun. Right. Right. Um, and there, but there's definitely more of like, I don't want to say like that. That's where like you think of like the rock star element of it. That's definitely where it is. Like where I get to just show up and play. Like it's right. a totally different vibe from the DIY aesthetic that you've been so yeah. accustomed to. Yeah. I mean, and those guys, they kept it kind of, you know, they kept it like that. Like Artie yeah. and Adam really like they were in control of everything. They were, you know, talking to, you know, they had, you know, their management and stuff like that. They, they kept in good close contact with all those guys. So they knew what was going on yeah. with the band and with where the, you know, the direction of everything and what, you know, where it was going and stuff. But yeah, when I jumped in, it was, it was cool. It was cool. I got to see, I got a taste of it a little bit Yeah, yeah. and I definitely brought some of that back to, you know, when Game Face got back together, I took some of those things that I learned from, you know, Adam and Artie. Right. Like, all right, you know, these are, we shouldn't be doing this, you know, this, this, you know, made it easier to tour and what have you. So, um, yeah, I speak like the rock star thing. I definitely, uh, learned I, I could become an alcoholic really quickly <laughs> on those. Cause I, I, I had to, and I, I learned it on that tour and I ended it kind of on that tour to where like, I don't really drink much before we play. I want to play. I want to put on a good show. Yeah. And then afterwards I'll have a few drinks, but you know, when you're playing at eight 30 and you're off stage by nine Oh five and you're, you know, everything's loaded up and in the van by nine 30 yeah. and you, you know, a is just taking the stage and you have an hour and a half before yeah. you can even think about leaving or whatever. And I don't, yeah. no one wants to talk to me. No one knows who the fuck I am. Right. Uh, where's the fucking nearest pub, man? Let's, yep. let's get, beers. I <laughs> let's get beers. I, I, uh, looking back on that, I think that tour alone, I think I, puked like four or five maybe six oh. nights in the hotel and like towards the end i think the very after the very last show adam and i roomed together most of the time and i remember him getting a shower because that next morning we were flying back to the states and he was going to see his girlfriend and that you know now wife yeah i remember him getting a shower and getting all cleaned up and stuff and i was just sitting and you know watching tv and on the bed and i was spinning and i was like dude how long are you going to be in there because i i think i'm going to puke and he was like, hold on, man, hold on. I was like, I can't. And I just opened up the window and threw up out the window. Uh, but I think right then I was like, all right, I really have to kind of put a, put a lid on that. I yeah. got to slow down a little bit. So There's the Keith Moon connection. Yeah, there's the Keith Moon connection. But luckily mine mine only lasted for about a month. And then... Yeah, yeah. You didn't have, it doesn't sound like you had an Oliver Reed goading you on. <laughs> I... I uh, I love these pictures of it's totally off topic, but I do love whenever you see a photo of Keith Moon and Oliver Reed together, they're dressed completely insane. And you're like, what amount of alcohol? Oh yeah. Coursing through their fucking body at that. Point oh yeah. Time. Yeah. Just wild. Uh, nonstop. It's just wake oh, up and God. drink, go to bed and drink. And like, yes. I can't, I can't, obviously, obviously I learned at you know, that age, especially I, I can't hang. No, so. you gotta, you gotta temper it. You know, it's yeah. Yeah. Um, so the uh so you guys there were some huge acts that instruction played with. Yeah, I missed I mean they played with all that before I joined. I A was the biggest okay. band I think that I was a part of. Um I I think the very last show we played a like some kind of surf fest which at the, at the south part of England, I can't remember the name of the city. Cornwall, I don't know. I, I, it would be a total guess. Um yeah. I believe hell is for heroes played that show with us okay. um instruction hell is for heroes 
and there was somebody else and I don't, I don't remember, but yeah. that was like, and a didn't play that show. I think that was, we had a different last show with them. And then we played that, that, that surf festival. Okay. Um, um, but yeah, I missed all that stuff, which I wish I was a part of it, but it, yeah, it was, I, I, I joined and I think the, the band lasted for six or seven months after I joined before we okay. you know got dropped by Geffen and then came back home and right. just, you know, downsized by one and you know started fires i i i think too as something that if if and if people have not heard the instruction record have not heard the fires stuff go go find it and listen to it and but the one thing that i like to see too is and i you've probably noticed i'm taking the long way around to try and get Artie on the show <laughs> but like <laughs> uh, like i've heard interviews with him and i'm like okay like he's <laughs> <laughs> you know, like he's, he's a blast. Yeah. I, so I do want to have him on, but it's been like, I'm going to take the long route. Cause like, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know if he's going to yeah. no, fuck off. I don't want to be um, <laughs> <laughs> But there's, you hear like air type 11 is a very distinct thing to me. And what stuck out to me as a fan was like, Oh, this sounds like rock and roll. This doesn't yeah. sound like emo. This is a rock band. Yeah. And yeah. it only gets refined as it goes. Like yeah. when you get to the fire stuff that is like, this is ready for the radio. This is yeah. like, this shit is ready to be on TV commercials. Like these are good rock songs. Like that has to feel good as somebody that that's your foundation of like, yeah, I'm gonna, I get to, I get to play on this. So all right, so, bud, get out of here. <laughs> Sorry, my cat. My no, face. no, no. I am um, amazed you haven't seen one jump on the desk and walk across. <laughs> anyway, so, um, no. As yeah, a, I, it's got to be fun. Oh, it was awesome. I mean, yeah. Um, I know, like fires. We, I mean, we got a demo deal from Atlantic, so it, it yeah. got close. Um, yeah. I, and I don't know what happened with the details of that. Um, and then not long after that, I realized I was living in New York City with a kind of a part-time job and bleeding money profusely. Um, <laughs> so, you know, living on credit cards at one point, I was like, I have to go home. Yeah. Um, so I went back to California anyway. Um, but yeah, I, 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 yeah, a lot of those songs should have been, yeah. you know, I mean, but it's, it, it is what it is. I mean, we, we made what we made and we were hopeful that it would do that. And it, you know, yeah. and it didn't, and you know, we, we moved on and, and, but it's still like, I, yeah, I'm still super proud. Of yeah, all that stuff, and and all of you guys should be because this that whole era of bands like, and I've talked to so many of you guys, and uh, you know whether it was Jonah Matranga or you, or or uh, or Joe um, Joe Grillo, like the the cool thing is, you guys were all still just who you were. You were a part of that DIY mentality and ethos these major labels were, were paying attention because one or two bands got through. And so right. they do their thing of go out and like cast a huge net and try and rake them all in. Right. And I loved seeing that so many of these bands, so many of you guys survived it. So many yeah. of you were able to circle back around and be like, okay, well they, we're not on that label anymore. It doesn't mean we got to stop being a band. And right. Right. To know that they survived that you guys all survived it. Is it, it shows it shows like how how true to who you guys remain you all stayed true to yourselves like not everybody can say that in music for sure yeah and i i just wanted to play that's my love of the whole thing like sure. i yeah i just wanted like i don't write um mm -hmm. um you know i leave that to 
to Jeff and to Artie and, yep. and, and those guys are, I, I can't even, you know, I can't even, I don't have that creative bone of part of it. I mean, I yeah. can write drum stuff and, and I, you know, I have sure. suggestions and help with arrangements or whatever, but yeah, for me, it's just the love of playing, like the love to sit yeah. getting in the room with those guys and getting sweaty and making something, you know, you know, practicing and, you know, writing music and stuff that, and I always just wanted to do that. And I didn't yeah. ever, I don't think I ever really set out, um, like, and said, I need to be, or want to be a career musician, but I just right. love to play. And I know I did, I wanted to do that, but I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want that to be like my focal point of my, my job. I wanted to, hopefully I would just get lucky enough that I would just be in a band that would be, yeah, you know, go on a success that I could just flow with and just play drums. Right. And, and- and that's, this is all like, and the fact too, that like, and I don't want to leave this out of it. Like the fact that then like you guys would then game face would pick back up right, and, and start writing together again. Like that's, yeah, it was. So what 2009, I think, uh, this had to be 2009. Yeah. Um, Adam calls me and goes, Hey, we're going to do a air type reunion. Um, and at Mercury Lounge in New York, would you want to play drums? And I was like, fuck yeah, I want to play drums. I'm like, so we do that show. And I knew, I found out it probably about a month before because Jeff and I weren't really talking at that point. And, mm-hmm. and Jeff, Jeff played an acoustic set at the beginning of that show. I found out like a month before that Jeff was going to play. And I was like, oh, cool. So right around that same time, then Adam and our friend uh, Justin Skirty, like, well, hey, well, you're going to be here and Jeff's going to be here. And Jeff, uh, Justin and Joe are, were in I Hate Our Freedom. Yeah. And they were on the bill as well, as yeah. long as Josh English from Six Going Seven. He oh, played, okay. Yeah, yeah. So Jeff played acoustic, Josh played acoustic, and I Hate Our Freedom played, and then Airtype played. But that like kind of put Jeff and I together. So those guys yeah. all wanted to play like two game face songs. So after I Hate Our Freedom played, I got up and played drums. Jeff got up to sing, and we played Pirate Song and My Star. Oh, um, that's cool. It wasn't very good, but it was fun. Um, <laughs> It was just, yeah, because no one, I don't know. Anyway, but, and then Airtype plays. But that, like, that ended up, like, creating a dialogue again with Jeff and I. I mean, you know, we didn't become instant best friends again, but we we hung out that night, had drinks, and just, you know, kind of, I just hung out with him in New York and stuff. And then I just, you know, he was flying out that next morning at, like, 6 a.m., like a crazy person. Yeah. And so we stayed up all night, and, you know, I got him into a car and got him to the airport, and he went home. um, But that at least opened that back up. So, um, and I was living, obviously I was living back in California. Yeah. So not long after that, well, 2009. So that was probably a couple of years after that, that, yeah, I think we did a couple of airtype, um, reunions. Again, we did one where we opened for Shiner and grade in the same night. Oh, uh, okay. we, played, we opened for Shiner and then grade was playing St. Vitus. And so after we opened for Shiner, we packed up our shit real quick and went to St. Vitus and opened for uh, great. And so that was pretty badass. I was a freaking uh, beat up mess that next morning. Oh I was my all, God. So sore. <laughs> yeah. Two workouts in a row. Yeah. No <laughs> now, so that's funny. You mentioned grade. That's another band that like, yeah, like, I don't know, like what, what came of those guys? Like, at, like I know, didn't they start black Mariah? Was that, I think so. I, I'm not positive, but I think so. I don't know. I don't ever know. Like I, uh, I feel like they just like disappeared unless they started other bands that I'm not aware of. They, 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 they probably did. Yeah. I, I wasn't that close with them. I, I love, you know, some of the records, but oh, I, yeah, I wasn't really, I did yeah. I know game face played with them. I think it was on the, uh, every last time tour. We, when we got up into Canada, we played, I think th- three or four shows with them, but okay. Yeah. Um, they were, yeah, they were, they were nice guys. I never really got that close with them, but the, uh, so, so you got, you guys all start to like reconvene 
And like at this time though, like re- real life has already start has set in for all of you guys. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think all of us have, you know, full-time jobs and yeah, are, yeah. Are, you know, doing our thing. Um, yeah. We just started talking. It was probably 2013. Cause yeah, it had to be because tw- now is what matters now came out in 2014, yeah. 2013. We started talking, um, we, you know, hung out at, you know, a bar, got dinner and just kind of talked out some, some things we needed to work out. Yeah. And we, I remember we got home that night and everybody kind of emailed each other and we're like, Hey, that was great. You know, let's, let's kind of do this again. And I, I remember sending an email saying, look, we already hung out together and ate dinner and had drinks and, you know, everything's on the up and up. Yeah. And then I think, so. I don't, I might've been Jeff mentioned like, well, maybe we should hang out again. I'm like, let's just fucking practice and see where that goes. Cause we can hang out all we want. If we get together yeah. and we play together and it's not good, then it's not good. Like, yeah. So I, we, we I, probably within the next two weeks, probably, you know, sort of practicing together. Sure. And I, I, Jeff mentioned this, but I remember him, he was like adamant about this. No new material. I'm not going to write anything new. <laughs> That's what he um, said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I always remember that. And we were like, okay, so we picked, I don't know, whatever, 12, 14 yeah. songs to play. I think we started out with like six. So we just practiced six. And then, you know, once you get the six down, I mean, by that first practice, we're like, all right, these are, these are great. Let's add more. So we added, you know, however many more. And we probably went a month of, you know, practicing a couple of times a week. And then Jeff comes in with, you know, come on down the riff of come on down. It goes, oh, hey, I have this. Okay. Yeah. And so like, all right, he goes, I know, I know I said no new material, but I have this song I've been working on. I think it's a game based song. So he brought that in. Um, and, and then you lucky knew, for us, right? You knew oh, yeah. you guys were going to write. <laughs> it was inevitable. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. Jeff, right. Jeff writes all the time. So yeah. he, yeah. and he, the way he writes, yeah, he writes and it's either, it could be a game face song or it could be, you know, a Jeff solo project song right. or it could be whatever, whatever he wants it to be. He can yeah. kind of, he has a different file for, you know, how he writes. But, and then, right. I was gonna say 2013, we, yeah, Rev. Rev did uh, Revolution Records did Rev Fest in yeah. Southern California. I think it was 2013. I'm pretty sure. Um, and then we did one in New York, and that kind of that gave us an avenue to go play. Yeah, because we were kind of yeah. trying to figure out like, all right, do we want to do like a small show here and there and kind of get started again? But you know, Jordan talked to Jeff and was like, hey, we want you to play Rev Fest, and that like sure. put, put us back in. Um, now, and then, I, I, that was one of those. Wasn't there a Texas is the reason reunion? Wasn't that? That was the New York that's, one, yeah. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was all on that one in New York? Um, Texas, um, on the Might of Princes opened, and I think we were next. Okay. Uh, on the Might of Princes, shit, I don't remember the exact lineup. On the Might of Princes played, obviously we played. Um, Shades Apart played. Mm. Uh, uh, I don't think Sh- Sensefield played that one. I don't think Farside played that one. Um, I don't remember who else played and obviously, uh, Texas played that one, but there, yeah. there had to be yeah. another, into another, I think into another was on that. Was that okay. I'm trying, cause I can picture the, yeah. <laughs> the, the fly, the posters for him. And I'm trying to remember, cause the, there was a different lineup, right? Was Sensefield on Sensefield the, played in California. California I, yeah. I don't think Farside didn't play either of them. I don't, I don't think now I'm pretty sure they didn't. Okay. Um, I, I, Cause I remember I just listened to those guys on where it went and they all like, there was this collective, like a couple of the guys like, I don't, I don't know how to play anymore. Like, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm listening. I'm like, bullshit. If you got behind your drum cage. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Take, take it a week to knock the rust right, off and you're, right. you're back to, um, 
yeah, that was, so yeah, those two shows kind of got us going again. And yeah. then, you know, um, you know, from come on down, I think the next song Jeff wrote was either the quiet type or frames. Those were okay. the first three okay. quiet type frames and come on down. And we went and demoed those with Eric Stenman. And then I don't even think, I know, I know we didn't re-record frames and I know we didn't re-record the quiet type. Those demos actually are what we use for the record. Those drum wise, drum wise anyway, okay. I think they might've redone guitars and stuff, but, sure. um, but those are your so, original tracks though. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So cool. it was pretty good. Cause I even thought like after we did it, I, and then I got the demos. I'm like, these are really good quality demos they are better yeah. than we normally, you know, you put up a, a freaking, you know, a little interface in a laptop and like four mics and all right, go. But no, yeah. I was like, we went, you know, we went to, a really nice studio and did them. And I was like, they sound pretty badass. So we didn't really need to cool. you know, redo that stuff. Um, and then, yeah. And then Jeff wrote, was just writing like crazy. And I, 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 we used every single song that he wrote. There wasn't, he didn't bring anything in that we didn't use. Wow. So all of those songs were everything that was written. And when we got to a certain point, we were like, all right, let's, let's work on making a record. So, so how did it come to be that you guys didn't release that on rev? Cause it's, it's on equal vision, right? It's on equal vision. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. How did that come to be? I think we talked to Rev. I don't remember all the details, but I, Equal Vision, I, I think it was a better deal uh, is what okay. I think it kind of came to. I think they get, were gonna, willing to give us more money, and which is yeah. always nice. So, yeah. And we'd learned um, pretty early on with budgets and stuff how you know, you'd get the money, and we were like, all right, well, if we were getting X amount of dollars, we could make this record for this amount of money. Yeah. And we did yeah. that. And then with that, we can take however many thousands of dollars we saved and we can go to Europe or England and, you know, we can sure. tour yeah. and we can use that for merch and stuff. So we did that with that record for sure. That's a, um, yeah, that that's a smart way yeah. of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Now, like in talking to Jeff, he's very, like, he, he's really proud of that last record. Um, Same. Yeah. Okay, that's what I was yeah. going to ask. Like, it, it sounds like it might be a collective thing where you guys were all like, yeah, this is. Yeah. I think um, for me, um, every last time and now is what matters now are the, those are my, I mean, I love always on and I love some of four to go. Um, but I, yeah, it, those well, two are the, what is it about four to go that you guys, none of you guys seem to be in love with that record. I think it was a weird time. I think, cause that's when we were kind of, we were, everybody was having, you know, Static. I was having problems. Sure. Yeah. I was having yeah. problems like I wanted to play a lot and we weren't playing a lot. So that was kind of my frustration with the band. We weren't playing a lot of shows. We weren't touring. And that was where I was like, well, let's, let's go, let's go tour. Let's go tour. And everybody was kind of, you know, they had their jobs and, and, you know, their families and stuff. And, and yeah. I was kind of coming out of having a family at that point. I was going out, you know, I was, I was having some relationship problems. And I think at the same time, I was, I wasn't communicating with those guys that I was unhappy in both spots. I was just That's one it. day I kind of snapped and was like, you know what? Fuck this. I quit. And okay. Um, you know, in hindsight, obviously I wish I would have not done that, but, or maybe I, maybe I'm glad I did do that. Cause then we got to make for, or, or you no, know, now is what matters now. So, right. Right. And um, that record, I can't like, it's so good. It, it yeah. like you, the, the feelings you guys have about now is what matters now all warranted completely. And, and I think the, you know, the four to go, I think we were all struggling a little bit making that record. And when we were making now is what matters now, everybody was in a good place and everybody was getting along and everybody was having, and I think that shows in it. And I think that's why, you know, all of us are so proud of that record too. Like 
not only do we make a great record, but we, what, you know, what we think is a great record anyway, we all were very happy with each other and, you know, just what was going on with the time. And, yeah, you know, and we got to go do a bunch of stuff that we, you know, didn't know that we'd ever get to do again. So it was yeah. awesome. Like it, that's, that's part of that. And I think that show is in even just the writing and the, the playing and just the, you know, the whole record coming out was that we were all in a good spot and that, you know, that kind of transpires, you know, to the music. There's, there's an element of it too, where we're, and, and I, by no means am I calling you guys old, but like, it's, there's something really cool about <laughs> some of the elder statesmen put a new record out and it is this super polished, really impactful material. Like it, it's kind of, it, it, it's kind of a cool way to come back around, you know, like yeah. you release a record that is like, it's, we've took some time. We took some time off. We're back. And everyone goes, Oh shit. <laughs> still got yeah. it. Well, and, and, and you don't, I mean, you don't know you're, you know, you're writing these songs no. and you're really proud of them and you love them and stuff. And then, you know, when I would play them for friends, you know, I'm like I, my buddy, Johnny, I was talking about earlier. Um, I, you know, Hey, you know, I really love this, but what, you know, what do you think about, you know, I'd play him like the quiet type or yep. come on down. And he was like, dude, these are really good. Yeah. It's like, all right. Cause he, he would always be honest with me, um, with that stuff. And he was like, no, this is really good. And, and when it finally, you know, when it came out, he was my first friend that when every last time came out, he called me and was like, dude, I was just blown away by the, the record that came out. And I didn't let him yeah. hear any of it before. And he went and yeah. bought it. Yeah. Um, and he kind of did the same thing with now is what matters. Now I was letting him hear a little bit here and there. And he was, he was really, you know, he loved it. And so that, that was letting me know, all right, you know, he, he's not going to lie to me about, you know, not that he would out now go do that. That's crap. But he would be like, eh, I might, it's okay. know, I might like, yeah, yeah, I might like every last time better, but yeah. Um, he, uh, yeah. Once, it, once he, go ahead. It, I think I, I told Jeff this I'll t- and, and uh, you know, I, I want to make sure I tell you too. Uh, a, the best example I can give off of now is what matters now of like, as an old fan of yours that blew my mind is swing state. That track. Yeah, I fucking, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> and then to hear Jeff and the bill, the dude from big drill car singing together, like, yeah, like God, like everything about that, man. I, it, there's so much I mean, of like, I already guys and like, I don't know. There's just, it's the culmination of game face. I feel like is in that song. Yeah. I, I was, like I said earlier, a lot of times in the rehearsal spot, I don't hear necessarily what he's singing or I definitely don't, you know, I don't know what words he's singing. Yeah. I don't know what, yeah. so I can kind of get some of it. And I already liked swing state, just the music alone. I thought was, it was badass. Yeah. Um, and then when we get to the studio and, you know, then Frank comes down and they're singing together and I'm, you know, I'm there just listening and watching. And I was like, Holy shit. When they do that harmony at the end. Yes. And I, you know, and I heard it for the first time. I got, I got goosebumps right now talking. Yeah. About it. I was yeah. like, wow, this is, this is a great song. And then, yes. I mean, obviously, but yeah. And even, you know, John sang on now is what matters now. Yep. Um, John Bunch from Sensefield. Yep. Um, which, you know, when they, you know, and I think a lot of us sang on that, but when we, we got into those big choruses of now is what matters now, I was like, this is freaking really, really good song. And it's, yes. you know, the end of it is kind of epic to, you know, how, how it, we just oh, get really yeah. heavy and this makes it, you know, kind of, you know, this humongous end of a rock song, which I loved. Um, yeah. And that, and I was also to say, have John on it too. Like yeah. that's a nice thing to, you know, to have, you know, over the years, something to look back on is having him on that record with you guys for sure. Yeah. I was going to say that was another one like pirate song that I didn't love it. 
now, now, this really? song now. Yeah. I, and I liked it, but it was, you know, and then once I get to hear him and I always kind of, I learned that from pirate song. Like if I didn't love something, just hold on, like obviously play yeah. it, get to know it, play it. And then, you know, <laughs> Jeff's going to surprise me and, you know, put something on there. That's amazing. So, and that, right. that's what happened. I think the first time I heard it with his vocals, I'm like, Oh, I was completely wrong about that. Yep. The so, song rules. <laughs> it's, it's maybe one of my favorite songs on the record. Yeah. So, so, so you guys, so then we get to the air type record. Yeah. And, um, and which you want to talk about, like, I remember the first, when it came out right away, had to get, you know, had to hear it. And I was texting with my friends and I'm like, it's like, they never went away. It, it's like, there was no fucking time taken off. It just, <laughs> it was like, there's just been air type records that just kept coming out. It, it blew my mind so, how good it was. Thank you. I, yeah, I love that. That too. I, what it's just, yeah, one song, and then we have the other one that we haven't released. I'm not sure if it's. I think one song's on Bandcamp, and then. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. There, so there's that um, stuff, and uh, that's that's after that the third full length, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I didn't play on any of that stuff, but I, you know, obviously. Oh, we, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, none of that stuff was me. Um, I didn't really join or play air type stuff until 2009. Like when they asked me to do the Mercury Lounge reunion. And then after that, we did the Shiner one. I think that was 2011. Mm-hmm. Shiner and Grade was the same night. Um, and then, yeah, we, I think it was 2019. Um, yeah. Hot Water Music asked, Aerotype to op- to open two shows. We had two shows uh, Friday, Saturday night in New York City. Yeah. So I flew out and we played. We opened for Hot Water Music, and right then, um, I think at the practice spot, Artie was playing both of those riffs or one of them anyway. Yeah. And we kind of did a, a quick, just you know, iPhone demo of mm-hmm. one of those songs, and it ended up being you know the new, you know, um, the, the Toxic Optimist. Yeah, yeah, the one that came yeah. out, um, and. Yeah, we recorded that. It's funny. Artie sent me an acoustic. I guess it was just uh, not on distortion, just uh, a guitar version with a click track behind it. And then I went, took that and went to a studio here in Dallas and played drums to it. And then that, you know, we, they, we sent that off to Adam and to Phil and to, to Artie. And then they, you yeah. know, Adam played his parts and then Phil got it and played his parts. And then Artie gets it and plays his and then takes it down and, uh, you know, sings it and gets it mastered and stuff. And it was, you know, it was, it came out all, it, like, it sounds like we're in the room together. So yeah, I, I know he yeah. says that at the beginning of it too. So it sounds like, I love this. It sounds like we're in the room together and <laughs> boom, it starts. And it's, it's really wild to look at things now. Like, uh, like, uh, the, it was this year, or last year, a record came out, uh, ghost work, I think is what they're called. It's Aaron from seaweed and some of the guys from Snapcase and mile marker and all these bands. And, they've never been in a room together That's and they, crazy. they put this rock record out that you're just like, cause right away you see the names involved and you're like, Oh my yeah. God, it's, the- I got to check this out. I didn't right. even know that. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. I, it's, uh, and like, I listen to the record. I'm like, Oh my God, it's so good. And then I listened to Aaron was on a podcast and cause he's kind of like not been a part of music basically. Like he, you know, he's got a, Oh, he walked away after seaweed from what I can tell and right to see him kind of resurface and to hear him say like, yeah, we, I've, we've never been in a room together. We were all recording and all, uh, but air type, you're all, literally all four in different States, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. it's such a trip 
Um, so now that we're coming out of this pandemic and like, you're starting to see like <laughs> tours announced, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I know like the game, fa- there's a, there's a, a reissue of uh, three, three to, get, to get ready. Yeah. Um, yeah. Coming out. Dr. Which Strange, is, which is very exciting. Uh, what's like, what's in the pipe? Like, what do you guys, like you guys, all, I'm sure you guys are all, all talking to each other at any given time. So, yeah, I mean, we, we pretty much talk, I mean, at least every other day, just, you know, in a text yeah, thread or sure, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, Game Face is going to play some shows in Texas in November. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have many details yet. It, it's yeah. going to be Dallas and Austin, um, but I don't know venues and stuff yet. But right. once we get, you know, once we know that, obviously we'll put it on the, the social medias. Um yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about AirType. We haven't really talked about doing anything yet. So, um, but I'm yeah, I'm definitely down. So yeah, but yeah, I, I want to play. I want to get out. Yeah, pandemic. That shut where I was hell. going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was there anything? I want to in the works that got got squashed with the pandemic that you were you were preparing for and with game. No, I um I think AirType got lucky in that we played two shows opening for taken back Sunday in New York city. Um, yeah. And November of 2019. And then what, two, three months later, everything. So that kind of, that was awesome. And then that shut everything down. So, and I didn't know, you know, when you're in April or may of the pandemic, nobody knows how the hell, how long this is going to last, what's going on. Right. Right. I was even thinking like, dude, if those were my last two shows, you know, those were badass, but I don't yeah. want them to be my last two shows. I don't know what, what's going on. Cause you know, music venues were talking about closing down for good. And, you know, right, right. obviously, you know, the world went to shit and everybody's, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, freaking out and stuff, but yeah, luckily um, we're back. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's you yeah. know, back in, in some, you know, to some extent. Um, yeah. So I know game face is going to do some stuff. Uh, I, you know, I would welcome air type stuff too. I, I, I don't know yet we haven't talked about anything yet but yeah i'm sure adam's always kind of got his pulse on shows and stuff so if he's yeah. you know when i get that call hey we've gotten an offer to open for whomever let's do it yeah right? when he offered when he called and said hey he called me in like i think it was like february or march of 2019 to say hey um taking back sunday offered us a couple shows and i'm like cool let's do it and he goes well i haven't even told you when yet i'm like i don't give a fuck don't let's care. do it i'll make it happen doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> don't care it, it, but with your job and stuff doesn't doesn't matter i'll make it happen i'll make it work see that and i now yeah. like i don't know if you're in the mentality that i am we're like at, coming out of this shit like i'm not i'm not saying no to anything like i, I i've already got you know like bob mold tickets as soon as as soon as they're up i'm like yeah. taking my son to see bob mold fucked up announce their tour getting the getting the yeah. fucked up to you know like it was one of those things where i'm like i don't want to miss this anymore because that shit got yeah. whacked yeah, I, I agree. Um, the last show my wife and I went to see was in the end of January 2020. Went to see Not a Surf at this small club, um, in the Kessler in in Dallas, yeah. and it was awesome. Like we were right there. It felt amazing. It sounded amazing. And then what? Three weeks later, everything's you know done. Or maybe yeah. four weeks later, but whatever. Um, yeah, it. I and I missed that. And so same thing. Like once you know, I know Super Suckers are going to be here. So yes. I was like, all right, yeah. The Bronx, the Bronx are coming to town. Yep. I'm like, I'm going to that. This you know, yep. and all these shows. I'm like, all right, I'm doing that. I'm doing that because yeah. you know, before the pandemic, sometimes you know that would you know, in, sometimes in 2019, you know, if you know Super Suckers come by, I'm like, eh, 
I've seen him 25 times. I'm the same way. I've seen him so many times. You know, it, it, I guess. I've seen him so many times and it's on a Wednesday. I got to work the next day. Eh, I'm not going. Yeah. And yep. so now it's like, no, I'm not going to miss that. I'm going to go. I'm going to go see that. So exact same thing here. I like the Bob mold. I would, I don't miss, but like, I, you know, that was, it was inevitable. Cause I had tickets to his solo tour that got canceled. Uh, Oh, shit. And I was like, because, you know, I saw people like my wife had gotten tickets for she and my son to go see My Chemical Romance. Yeah. And they pushed it back a year. So it was like, okay, they know they're going. And I'm like, well, maybe Bob will reschedule. And then it was like, yeah. refunded. Fuck, man. <laughs> but then he announced the full band tour. So, like, it was, it, it's a, I think it puts all of us in this situation now where we, the shit that we were looking past. I, or, or like you're saying, like was like super suckers, like eh, they're here all the time. I can go see them anytime. Yeah, yeah. All that got taken away. I don't want to miss out. I don't want my my son yeah. went to his first punk rock show on a Saturday, Monday. The world shut down. Oh shit! Right. So that's yeah. I took him to see. Uh, I took him to Cleveland to see the the New Bomb Turks. He are he. That's yeah, a great uh, first show, right? He, my, yeah. you know, it, he knows like he's grown up them because it's my favorite band, right? It, you know, he's got these punk rock ants that take him to the front of the stage, like he's getting this full shit that I didn't get, you know. <laughs> and then Monday, it's like, oh, the world's dead. You can't, you can't yeah. do anything. Your your first and last show. Kid. I know, I know. So now it's like, well, I don't want him to miss any of this. I want him to, you know, I want him to experience it, and I think we all feel that way. Like you yeah. said, like you don't want to say no. If Game Face is ready to play, let's go play. If Airtype wants let's go to play. play, yeah, yeah. And you don't want to miss out on it because we saw what happens. We saw the toll it took on all of us emotionally, mentally, physically. Like it was a, it's a weird, fucked up year. It was, yeah, it was so weird. So yeah, it, to, to just not have anything, yeah, to do or yeah, you, know, you can't go anywhere. So yeah, I can't even wait. My uh, my daughter's going to college in Chicago, so on the 28th, we're gonna fly to Chicago to help find her an apartment. Yeah, and I just like I can't like that's will be the that'll be the first time I've been on an airplane and since I went to New York for those yeah, those shows sure. with Airtype. So I'm like I can't even just wait to get on an airplane. Like, yeah, I, yeah, just to go and somewhere. Chicago is like I mean we're we have a lot of friends there. We, we're only four hours from Chicago, so we go there pretty regularly. We haven't right. been there since this whole thing happened. Yeah. So we're kind of itching to like get out and just see our friends. And it's, I mean, it's just the idea of like feeling like a human again. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want to just want to walk around Chicago and just, you know, get a piece of pizza and have a beer and like, yep. Go see Lake Michigan and just, you know, do normal life stuff. Cause you know, my wife and I would travel quite a bit, even if it was, yeah. you know, probably four to six times a year, even if it was just going to New York or going back yep. to LA or whatever, but we did stuff. And then for that, you know, year and a half of not doing anything. I was like, Oh, all right. Yeah. I mean, I love my house, but I kind of want to go somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. So, so to kind of, kind of bring all this thing around to wrap it up at, you've done so much. <laughs> like you've played it like, <laughs> And I, I, totally speaking from a selfish perspective of like, you're a member of these, like two of my all time favorite bands. So like super biased with, you know, my love of game face and air type, but what like knowing all of the shit you've accomplished knowing the shit we all just went through what's le like is there anything left on the docket that you're like i gotta do this before the shit is over like i i still need to do this um i mean i would i would love to make another record but that's not really okay in my control yeah. you know with not really you know 
being someone who writes anything, but I, I mean, I would love to, even if it's just, you know, with, with airtype releasing, you know, that one single on Bandcamp, like yeah. just do something like that. I'd love to, right. I mean, I, you know, game face did, you know, um, yeah, we, we, we put out another single, um, yeah. and you know, I owe you one. Um, and that was cool. That was, you know, that, was, that was cool. just, yeah. you know, a seven inch. Yeah. And I love that song. It was great. And, and we, what's cool about that. We, so after, um, game face got back from Japan and we played some shows with Airtype 11 in Southern California. Mm-hmm. And I had one day of like freedom before I flew back to Texas. Um, Jeff booked, um, we, our friend, Eric, who pretty much records, uh, game face now from probably from now on, but he, uh, yeah. We, we went to the studio with Eric and Jeff had the guitar part for I owe you one. And I didn't even, cause we, I had to have so much in my head for rehearsing for game face and air type and playing both shows the same night, two nights in a row. <laughs> and he was, here's this part. I'm like, I can't even listen to that. I'm just going to go, you know? And so when we, so that day on the drive up guy and I listened to it a couple times over and over. So I could kind of get the pattern of it in my head. And, and I just kind of wrote, you know, we played it a bunch of times in the, in the studio. And I just, that drum part was what I came up with that day. And I mean, it's not an incredible drum part, but it was pretty cool to do that, to have that yeah. experience to, Absolutely. you know, to just, you know, Hey, here's the guitar part, write some drums to it. We're going to hit record and then you know, they'll do overdubs and stuff after that. But it was, it was awesome. So but I would, yeah. So I was gonna say, I would love record. to do another, you want to make yeah, a record. Yeah, yeah. Or even just a couple more songs here and there. And, yeah. just, and I would love to play again. I don't know if I have anything like bucket list wise, or I, you know, I got to make sure I've played a, a bunch of shows that have been amazing. I've, you know, done some tours that have been amazing. I've played on some records that I really, really love. And yeah. Fortunate enough that, you know, people really like them as well or love them as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I would love to just keep doing stuff. I know, like the days of jumping in the van and being gone for weeks and months on end, or, or nobody wants to do that. I don't no. even. Yeah, um, I am re- like when Game Face does come out here, I have rented a van for a week so I can get us to rehearse in Dallas and then drive us to Austin and then play the show and then I'll drive back to Dallas and they'll probably fly out of Austin and go home. But I was like, all right, well, we're going to be in a van for a week, even if it's, even if it's just a couple shows, but. That'll be, that'll be our extent of touring. (laughs) Yeah. It it gets you back into the old habit. Yeah. And and so too is like all of it. We just all need to start asking Jeff nicely to please make another game face record for all of our, all of us. Yeah. What, what songs you got in the vault there, man? (laughs) What's sitting around that you want to use? Uh, well, start, start emailing me some tracks. (laughs) Uh, so Steve, uh, if you want people to find you online, where can they find you on the internet? Um, I'd go to Game Face Rock. Um, okay, that's the. Um, I mean, you don't. Mine's boring. Mine. I don't really post anything <laughs> on my own personal. If I post stuff for you know, if Game Face is doing stuff or if Aerotype is doing stuff, I know how to copy and share that. But other than that, yeah, you know, yeah. I literally, I don't think I've posted anything in months. I'll, I'll, okay. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll rival Todd, who calls himself the king of likes. He doesn't really. He posts more than I do, but he'll go on. He'll just like everything, and I kind of do that while I'm just sitting on my lunch break. I don't like that. I like that. I like that. And then I don't really. Yeah, I'm I, not a social media guy, really. Um, I uh, well, well, I'll I'll tag you in the post, and if they're so inclined, they they can they can hunt you down when this. Yeah, AirType Eleven and, and and Game Face Rock. That's that's where you want to go. Absolutely. There's there's fun stuff there. But. Yeah. So, uh, Steve, I think if anything today, you've dispelled the myth that no one wants to hear from the drummer. Because <laughs> this was a good fucking conversation. <laughs> uh, I I uh, I really appreciate you coming on, and uh, hope. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, I had a blast. Thanks for having. Me. Any anything coming up that you ever want to promote? You've got a spot here to come on and do it. 
So. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to all you guys next week. Later.